it's time for another Fast Play 5 as we celebrate our five favourite Disney couples from this episode of Doing Disney. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go because Hakuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith, trust and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan. And welcome to this episode of Doing Disney. Today we have our second ever Fast Play 5. If you ever watched Disney on DVD in the mid-2000s, you may remember the selection menu with Fast Play to skip straight to the film. So we're honouring that and skipping straight to the five favourite choices of the topic. It's February, it's the first year of the podcast, so I'm allowing myself some obvious choices. And today we're Fast Playing through our five favourite couples. I have two amazing special guests with me today. We have Adelaide Spence and Azari Montenegro. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm not used to this positivity. <laughs> I'm just getting yelled at for two hours by a big band from Boston. So, like, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy it. It is refreshing not to be, you know, like, bombed down by the weight of reality. I'm going to be able to just sit down and talk about cartoons that you love. Start at the beginning. So as it should be said for every Fast Play 5, there are only a limited number of spaces and many amazing choices to pick from, so hard cuts must be made. Fast Play 5's come down to favourites, as is every category on this podcast, and each person is entitled to their picks. Just because something doesn't make the list doesn't mean we don't like it. I encourage quirky, out-of-the-box choices because the theory of this podcast is finding out how various people do Disney so it comes down to personal opinion and how you want to make the list. We're counting down our five favourite couples across Disney Animation, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, live action, TV. Let's kick off with Spence. What's your number five? I like, I'm going to keep it messy for the beginning. Yes. I think there's some couples who aren't always like the most healthy for each other. And, you know, things are like always like back and forth a little bit. So who's the more, like, who's a more back and forth couple than uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy? Okay, Honestly, I don't know how the format is, but I have that. Yeah, where's <laughs> what do you have it as, Mazzaro? As five. As five. Let's talk about it now. Then. Uh, Go. For it. Okay. <laughs> why? Why Kevin and Miss Kiki? Because I had them on my list and took them off for the messiness. Now I want to see how you enjoy the messiness. <laughs> so my, I think my list is just shorter than everyone else's, and I did a, I did a binge of the Muppets over the past like, year and a half to two years, and I kept like one of my favorite parts of watching all of the films and even that um that ABC office style sitcom thing of just like, it's always a different dynamic, but they're like, it's, um, they're never the same characters, but they always find a way to fall in love. Even if it's, even if it's a little bit rocky, like my favorite one is in like great Muppet caper where it's like, they're slowly falling in love. But, oh, they can't. Or in, um, I think it's in uh, Muppet treasure Island where it's like, Oh, you're my love. And she's like, where have you been? Like you abandoned me. And, and they still love each other. But it is messy and it is chaotic, but they still want to just make out. Like that is just a fun couple to watch, like all these different interactions over like 50 years. Uh, actually, kind of the same. I, I wanted to like reach out a bit since you said you could, to be honest, like Disney animation is not like a, a wealth of, of memorable couples. I mean, there are couples, but they're just like, okay. So I decided to branch out. And I started to look around live action, all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? I love the Muppets. And what represents love in the Muppets more than Miss Piggy and Kermit? For a second there, though, I had Gary and Mary from the oh. Muppets 2011. Because that is a lovely couple. 
But honestly, they had the one movie, the one shot, and they were already supporting players in somebody else's story. And if you're going to put Muppets, you have to go with this one. Because just like Spence said, it's messy. It's toxic sometimes. But in the, in the end, there's love. And I love the pool with the great Muppet caper because that movie is underrated as hell. Hell yeah. It's one of the best. Second most underrated Muppet film. Which one is your number one? Muppets Most Wanted. God damn it, man. <laughs> I love that movie too. Yeah. <laughs> but I flip them. I put Muppet caper and then most, most Wanted. But Most Wanted is great with the lemur. Dang. Uh, Kevin and Miss Piggy, I originally had on my list, but they just got bumped up a little bit because of the messiness and actually because of Most Wanted. I find that one the messiest of all with the with the wedding scene at the end. It makes me so uncomfortable. But have, have you seen like the Office style TV show? No. So that's the one I need I, to I check think, out. I think unless I'm getting the celebrity wrong, Miss Piggy fully like makes out and like makes moves on Josh Groban to make Kermit jealous. And just seeing humans like want her is the weirdest thing. But it's so watchable and so weird that you have to keep like continuing the season. Okay, the, I'll reserve my judgment part, then. <laughs> the funniest part for me from that, that show was not well received, but it's actually pretty great. Yeah. But the, the thing that I find the best in that is like Kermit's new girlfriend. It's literally another mispeak. Like physically, it's another thing. Oh, yeah. I was, I would say, Fazi, and everybody's also, like, like, what the hell are you doing, man? And he's like, no, no, no. It's different. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's great. I like that. Show. But how do you feel about when Kermit and Miss Piggy are not together? I mean, the whole the whole idea of the Muppets is like this really strong ensemble. Like, I'm fine when they're apart. Hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like it's the idea of like telling a story that you know before, and it's like you know the beats, but you still enjoy seeing them. Yes. You know they're going to get together. It's always about how. And the fact that I'm still entertained, even though I know that they're going to get together keeps like that's why i want them on the list because like, i like them i like them even if it is repetitive true nazari any further thoughts on your number five of kevin and miss piggy uh, i think everything was said here i do love the fact that when they play different characters they always uh they have kind of the similar dynamic but they find a way to make it original and to me actually the 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 one scene i'm like okay it's the, the the wedding scene in the play at the end of Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Because she, she bamboozled that man into marriage. Like she thought he was doing a play. And that was a real priest. <laughs> hey, moving on to uh, my number five, I've got my my outside the box pick. I've got Snow White and Charming, not from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, from Once Upon a Time. From the TV series. Uh, Have either of you seen the TV series? I saw TV is for one. nerds. <laughs> season, uh, season one is, is the best of the series by far. And then it, it definitely goes off the rails. See also Glee. Each season that goes on, it just gets a bit bit stranger and stranger. Hold and on. Oh, it's the exact same trajectory. You're not bad now. <laughs> it is the same trajectory. But Snow White and Charming, what I really like about them, they're saying is, I will always find you. So no matter how many times they get torn apart, it's never because they don't love one another. It's like the circumstances surrounding it. So it's always very sweet when they come back to each other. I've, I, I know the series is uh, not as well received, but I've just got the softest spot for it. And this couple is like one of the central relationships of it. And they're just steadfast. And I enjoy that. Honestly, like 
uh, I remember liking the the actress that plays uh, Snow White. Jennifer she Goldwyn. was in another TV show, right? Yeah, she's Judy Hopps. Yeah, that's it. And uh, but the one thing that I really find memorable from the one season I watch is Begbie from Transporting doing a uh, Rob uh, Rostovsky. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Gold, one of the best parts of the whole great. series. Yes. Spence, any thoughts on this couple? Do you know anything about the Once Upon a Time series? You've just mentioned Glee, and I'm wondering if I can argue why Britney and Santana should be on my list. Because it's uh, stars, not Disney. It's on Disney Plus, but it doesn't count. <laughs> no, I, I, I literally know nothing other than um, fr- friend of the show, Caleb Coho, telling me that the show needed more rumple in later seasons. Very true. And that's basically it. <laughs> Spence, what do you got number four? Uh, number four, heading over to Pixar. Um, maybe they're maybe their second most famous couple. Uh, Bob and Helen Parr, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. Mazzara, do you have that on your list? Nah. I do. So you go first, Spence. I just, I think it more than most fictional couples, either live action or animated, it's very real. Uh, specifically the first one, I don't really love Incredibles 2 that much. But I think that they just have such a great dynamic and how like we get to see the relationship change throughout the film. Of um, it is like this very like a very normal married couple how to deal with their day-to-day lives and talk about everything. And then when he becomes a superhero again and is working for Mirage and uh, syndrome, it's like he's like revitalized, like, oh, they're they're sparks back, but then always oh, keeping alive. And just seeing how they change is so interesting to me but you can tell they always love each other even when she, even when they're fighting and they're trying to like side each other out but you can tell like it is coming from a place of love because they are they're upset that they can't trust the other one and seeing how they get to that point and then and then come back to it and even um oh, i'm forgetting what it is but something explodes while they're fighting the um the omnidroid and they're just like i love you finally at, at the end of the film and it's like yes this is what i've been waiting for and it's such like a natural relationship and i feel like generally fiction can be very idealistic isn't right like it's it's very like one note and either the positive or negative it is such like an honest couple that i have a, I have a hard time not rooting for them every time i watch the film even though it's been like 30 times oh this is definitely one of the first couples that sprung to mind when i started making the list like straight from the jump we get that great intro intro with you need to be more flexible so I just I love Lester Girl you see that wedding scene it's great and I, I completely agree it, it's enjoying it's it's showcasing the mundane life so even though they're superheroes you're just seeing them live regular lives so you have those scenes at the dinner table kids and their homework just those real life moments that you can relate to and as you said um trust is such a big thing in the film so when she's pushes the locator because Edna Moe's like do you know where he is and then that's going off and also the scene later on when they're in the plane going to go rescue Mr. Incredible and it blows up. Just that that scene of his face just breaking down because he thinks he's lost everything. So those two together, just great how they support one another. I agree I don't like two as much, but I at least appreciate you get the reverse of it where you see Mrs. Incredible going out and being a working mom and you get, and you get that switch in dynamics nowadays. So, yeah, this one's just a great couple. Nazaro? Math is math. <laughs> uh, I, I might be the, the, the minority with the incredible thing. I, I don't hate the movie at all. I actually like it. But it's one of those that I really enjoy it while I'm watching it. 
but then I never feel like going back to it. And the sequel, I I don't know. The sequel just I don't feel it works as well. I think the the first one is a, a lot more uh, successful and self-contained. It's a good movie. And as a couple, the bars are are a good couple. I like the dynamic, like showing them more in the menial, uh, regular, the everyday stuff. I like that. And the scene on the plane is actually one scene I would have cited for this movie. Like, yeah, the, the one moment you see he actually loves her is the moment she thinks she lost, he lost all his family. But it, it's a weird relationship. I, everybody knows this is basically Fantastic Four, the Disney version. But I, I grew up on the Fantastic Four comics so much more that I was just like, okay, I like it. I don't love it. And then everybody who just ranks this on top of the, the Pixar poll, there are better movies there, guys. But it's, it's good. It's a good pick. Nazari, what have you got as your number four? My number four, uh, I went to the, to the MCU, uh, which because, you know, sample, sample around. Let's get something from most places. Uh, spoiler alert, no Star Wars. Like, the couples in Star Wars are trash. Yeah. Like, there's no one. <laughs> okay. So, from the MCU, I pick uh, what I feel is the obvious choice for the best MCU couple, which is Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. Because Captain America is my favorite superhero from the MCU. He may not be the most powerful one, and he's such a righteous ass that it gets annoying a little bit, but I don't know. There's something... I think the, the fact that the first movie was directed by Joe Johnston and that guy, I get that guy and he gets me. That nostalgia bombs that he puts in everything he films is beautiful. And Peggy Carter, man, Haley Adwell, is, is such an underrated piece of the MCU. She's so great. She's so natural in everything she does. And you just want more of it. And, and they, are, they are stingy. They don't give you that much Peggy. They give you like a cameo here and a mention there. And... I think that their overall story is so sad in general because they love each other so much, but they can't get together because, you know, he makes the ultimate sacrifice and she thinks she loves him and she, she doesn't like give up on her life. She becomes like one of the most important persons in the MCU throughout her whole life. When, when he's back, finally back, she has dementia. So she gets moments where he can they can be sweet to each other she remembers him they have that sweet scene in the hospital and then she just plans uh, it's kind of heartbreaking and then you get all these snippets that she always thought about him and he always thought about her and they were just a part in time which all of this makes the ending of endgame such a beautiful moment for that couple it's just go i love it uh so yeah hey carter captain america Sure. Oh, you just summarized what's all the best parts about this relationship. It is really sad. And, and the moments I have, like, with him looking at the watch and, like, he's got the photo of her and the Save the Last Dance. And as you said, the, the payoff is so good. So even though, what, 2011's Captain America First Avenger, like, to get all that wrap-up nearly eight years later, like, that's a long play throughout the series. And as you said, we get the snippets here and there. So we get that build-up. And when, oh, when I saw it in theatres, I cried. I absolutely cried at the ending. I thought it was beautiful. So yes, this is a couple. I cried more with that than than you know the other guy's death that I don't want to spoil here because I agree. I did the same. 
because it's it's that emotional payoff that's not sad it's uplifting and we don't always will will get that so I I appreciate I understand that they can't oversaturate us with it because then we won't feel that that way when they did do that ending but I do agree I love Hayley Atwell and Peggy Carter and I liked seeing what if when you got to see Captain Carter I thought that was awesome so this this couple's oh also Two seasons of Agent Carter, I think it's on Disney Plus. Watch yes. that. It's a great show. Spence, your thoughts on Steve and Peggy? They're complicated, mostly because of Endgame. It's like I it's, it's my tenth movie of all time. I love Avengers Endgame. But it's hard to accept that ending if you think critically at all about it. Because it like it fundamentally undoes all of like the time travel elements and it sort of betrays Steve's character because he made the sacrifice and I was like you know what never mind uh, it, it, it just feels a little disingenuous even though like it hits and it hits so hard every time I watch it I just I sit there for like five minutes after like wait no that's just manipulative and it's, it's hard for me to like really get like I love how they are in the first Avenger I think it's really soured by that ending because it's so unearned and it's not, it doesn't make sense. And I love them together, but not like that. Have you seen that skit uh, where they say like, what happened with uh, Steve Rogers after he went <laughs> yeah. back in time? Yeah. 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 I, I think you went with the skit part of the situation. Just go with the feels. <laughs> go with the feels. Um, I also just rewatched Winter Soldier, and it's like we fully see her other husband. Like we see him in a picture. Like, did he get plastic surgery in like the fifties? That wouldn't have gone well. <laughs> it just it frustrates me thinking about it. Actually, the the one awkward thing, the one awkward thing that I find the whole thing is when he kind of hooks up a little bit with the with the granddaughter Sharon. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> But it's short. It's short. They move on. And, and now they're like, are they related? Because he went back and, it, and then married. Like, it doesn't, it, it, you pull the thread and it keeps falling apart. So what happens with time travel? <laughs> Except with Back to the Future. That's perfect. Right. Other than, other than making out with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> My number four is Roger and Anita and Pungong Padita from 101 Dalmatians. I'm letting myself have both choices. Because one, it's the same movie. And two, both relationships mirror each other. So they're really a little bit inseparable to me. Because Live action or animated? Animated. So I haven't seen the live action one in a minute. So this is based off of the 1961. Um, a lot of the reasons I like one relationship is the reason I will like the other. So that's, that's why I'm happy to pair them together. And they have a lot of scenes that overlap. So you start at the beginning of the film and Pongo is looking for a partner for his pet and scoping around and sees Perdita and then sees um, Anita at the same time. And you have that absolute best meet cute in all of Disney when they go to the park and they fall in the water again, they get the leashes tied up. And then I think it's six months later, both couples get married. And then you see them um, play like uh, Roger's playing the Corella Deville. And that's my favorite moment for Roger and Anita when he's staring her up about Corella Deville and they're playing along as da dum dee da dum like I, I like the the playfulness in that in that relationship it's just very sweet um and you get the touching moment where uh Padita's having the babies and you have Pongo and, and Roger sitting outside the waiting room and stressing and I just I find it all so adorable um Pongo and Padita are such dedicated parents throughout the film that you really like 
the more I watch it as I grow up, the more I, I, I empathize with them. Like I can see that that point of view from, from an adult and how terrifying that must be. So their endurance through that and reliance on each other is lovely. And then at the end, you get the generosity of both couples when they take in all the extra puppies and then on the Dalmatian plantations. So this is one that I think is just very sweet, very adorable, very enjoyable. Nazario. I like that movie's first 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. the, not the rest so much. Everything you mentioned is the best part of that movie. Yes. <laughs> the mid-cute, the, the park scene, the, the bird scene, the singing of the... He actually is a songwriter in that movie. He's, I think he's a video game creator in the other one. Yeah. He's a songwriter, and he starts making up the Cruella de Vil song because, you know, she's so horrible a person. <laughs> uh, different, though, than what Cruella the film would make you believe, which is just rough. Come it's a good movie, though. Line. It's a good it's movie, but it, it just does not match. <laughs> but, yeah, I actually, that's a good question because that movie also has uh, Roger and Anita. Yeah, but they're just so pushed to the side. Like, I don't even think of them in that film. Okay, so... If the movie had stuck more with that, I think I would have enjoyed it more. I'm not taking anything away from Cruella de Vil. That is a fantastic villain. But it's not even her show. It's more of the... What's the name of the guys? Forrest? And Jasper. Ah, Jasper. And they being dummies and falling into the doggy traps. And uh, I just... I, I'm sorry. It's 52 out of 60. <gasps> 52! I know Michael Campbell wants to kill me for that. <laughs> he wanted to kill me when he was 48. <laughs> Basically, everything that they made since I ranked that list the first time is better. But yeah, uh, it, as a couple, I get it. I mm -hmm. do like the, the mirroring of the dogs and the owners. I do love that first 25 minutes of that movie. It's not a good movie, though. But from Twilight back onwards, it's downhill. Yep. Yeah. Spence. I haven't seen them since I was like six. So like it's it's been a hot minute. The one thing I do remember is I don't know I don't know if they're dancing, but like when he when he is creating the song, like like they have this connection, like, oh that's sweet. That's literally the only thing I remember from that film. That and him drugging the animals. Or no, 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 that's no, that's Rasty Cats. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't remember anything about this movie. I'm gonna rewatch it eventually, but like it's there. <laughs> like I don't have any strong opinions. No worries. What's your number three, Spence? I feel like this is the one where you're going to this is your three, should be your one. Uh, it's uh, Flynn and Rapunzel from Tangled. I don't have it on my list, Lazaro. Do you have it? I actually had it at six in case you were doing honorable mentions. Okay. Wow. Spence, all yours. Wow. I thought this was like the go-to. Uh, it's just like, it's for me, it's the one like, no, it's not really like a prince and princess, but like that dynamic in a Disney film. It's one of those, it's the only one of those that I really love. Uh, actually, that and another one, which which will be an honorable mention later. Um, it's I just love the idea of like oh this this big like suave like um, bur not burglar whatever like criminal and it's like oh I'm so I'm I'm like I'm I'm a tale of legend and then when it comes down to it she just sort of breaks into him and, he, and you slowly see him unravel and just seeing his sensitivity come out is great and it's it's. For me, the idea of a relationship isn't just, oh, hot person, hot person, they kiss, ooh. It's like they make sacrifices for each other. 
and seeing how he helps her and what she does for him, it's beautiful. And even like the, like the first time they meet, it's like she is in full control of the situation. Normally, it'd just be like, a, it's like, um, well, he, he does bring the smolder. Right. Yeah. And then she hits him. <laughs> it's like, I, I just, I rewatched Sleeping Beauty recently. And to me, like, that is the epitome of like a couple meet cute. I'm just like, a, hey, hey, you're gorgeous. You are too. Bye. That's every Disney film. But theirs is just like, hey, how are you? Why are you in here? Are you going to kill me? My mom said you'd kill me. And it's just, it's the dynamic and seeing how they change. It's beautiful. And I love it. And even like at the end, like he cuts her hair and they're still together. And in Frozen, you see them still together at Elsa's coronation. Like they are like a ride or die couple. Zara, your thoughts on Flander Rapunzel? I think they're also technically the last couple, like from that animated princess style movies, because I think after that, it was all about girl power. I mean, you you do get Anna and Kristoff and that's like a pretty fun relationship. I mean... Yeah, but, but less in uh, the traditional sense. Yes, yes. Yeah. because I think the main character in that film is Elsa, and her her love relationship is her sister. So, also then you get Moana and Rhea, and those they don't have time for that. So yeah, I actually really like it. I, I like the way you put it, and I like the fact that deep down, even though Flynn Rider is trying to sell him. To be Flynn Rider, he knows he's Eugene Fitzherbert. And she can see that. And she still loves him because of that. I mean, it's it's that it's it's a, the one of the more I don't know if modern is the right word, but it's more more equal kind of relationships in the whole animated faction of Disney. And yeah, it it just works. Like that movie really works. I think when in the annals of history, when people go back and realize Tangle was a turning point. Absolutely. Because that, yeah, that's what they decided like, okay, we're going to make good movies. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it kind of gets swept under, I think, by the Wreck-It Ralph's Frozen's of the world. But yeah, Tangle, Tangle's great. And I really consider that. But like I said, I also tried to sample like, weird things from the Disney properties things to put in my list, kind of representing one of each. And I already had that Disney animation spot taken because five is not a big number. So I decided to just, you know, barely outside. Uh, this, this is a great choice. This, this jumped on my list enough a few times. Um, as you said, I, I really like the, the thought that it's more of a meeting of the equals in the sense that both people are trying to find themselves. So you have that journey of discovery together and you get the best parts of helping one another out throughout it. The I see the light scene in the boat is one of the most beautiful Disney scenes oh. I've ever seen with the and lantern. The way you just see him fall in love with her. Those like, looks. Like, 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 it's, it's, it's not even like, a, oh, she's cute. Like, like you just see like his whole heart just rips open. It's like, I want her with me forever. And it's beautiful. So absolutely. I, I think this is a great couple. And as, as we sort of touched on, this will be an enduring couple and an enduring film. So this is a great choice. Nazari, what's your number three? Oh, there's an empty place in my bones. Come on. Jack and Sally had to be here in some shape or form. And even though I wrote them at number one before I started doing the list, I, then I thought about it and they went to number three. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the when we talked about the movies that the love story between them is something that just 
came during the process of the creation of the movie. It was not the original intent. Uh, it's not even in the first draft of the story that Tim Burton wrote. It just, they created Sally during the process. And she was such a good character that they just started like branching her out. And I, honestly, like even though they work as a couple and I love the film and everything, I don't think Jack deserves her. She's too good for him. But they are together and they do make a great, great couple. Very memorable. And it just in the end becomes part of why I just love that movie. Like I integrally love everything. I could I already talked an hour about it, but yes, this is one of those couples that just stick with you, especially if you were, you know, emo or something. <laughs> Spend your thoughts on Jack and Sally. We can live like Jack and Sally if we want. <laughs> I just think it's so weird for you to just be like, yeah, he doesn't deserve her. Top five couple. Like, how does that work? Because <laughs> I love them anyway, man. <laughs> I really like the movie. I don't think about it in terms of their relationship. Like it's a part of it, but it's not why I love the movie. And I come back to them individually rather than together. So that means I, I, I'm not driven to their relationship like my other five or six or other people that I might think of during the show. That's fair. Um, as, as we talked about Nazario, like it's, it's odd nowadays to see so much merch of Jack and Sally together. Like all of the Valentine's Day merch at, at Zing here is Jack and Sally, even though we just had Halloween. So, and as we talked about, like, um, it's an unrequited love story for the majority. So maybe Spencer's why you feel like it's them individually, because they're really not together until right at that end moment when they wrap their arms around each other. You know, it's, it's her somewhat pursuing him and being worried about him. And he's not thinking about it for the majority of it. She's the seamstress and helping and things like that. So there, but the romantic part comes from the friendship that they establish. And that's the part that I really appreciate the most. They refer to each other as their friends and want to be by their side. So I, I think that's why it would deserve a place in the list. I think that's beautiful. Okay, but Santa and Ogie Bogie, that's a couple. <laughs> no. I actually, that's why, why I asked for the clarifications because I had, there are great couples in Disney that are just like, they love each other because they're really good friends. They're family, they're, you know. Mm. And then I was like, that actually qualifies for this because if we were talking about friendships, this qualifies. And yeah, they hook up. So it also qualifies for Valentine's Day. So there you go. <laughs> My number three is going to be Belle and Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Did they make anyone yeah, else's that. list? No. Nope. Where do you have it, Nazar? Okay, we will come back around to that one then. Oh, no. Spence, what's your number two? So one of my favorite fictional couples is Gomez and Morticia Adams. Yes! They don't fit here, unfortunately. No. But... <laughs> Nar. <Not a> <laughs> I love it. Let's I, just gush about him anyway. <laughs> I, 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 I love a relationship where it's like they're in love each other and in love with each other. And part of that is just they want to bone every second of the day. And no Disney couple personifies that. Oh! Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Nice choice. Specifically, the three I've seen, which are the good ones. I haven't seen four and five. But I love just they're so horny for each other and part of that horniness is how in love they are but also just like you know sometimes i just want a hot mess in my film and that's the first movie and then the third one they're like fully together and seeing them get married on the boat in the middle of the apocalypse is incredible <laughs> like it's 
I think a lot of the, a lot of these relationships I have are like based on some idea of like reality. Like I could see people like this, or I've been in situations like this. Will and Elizabeth are just the t- this couple who I want to see succeed because they're really hot. They're hot together, and they are so happy when they're with each other to the point of just madness. Of like they're willing to sacrifice everything for each other, and that is incredible. They save each other. They they get arrested for each other, and it's just amazing seeing how committed they are over like in 10 hours of movies. I don't think we saw the same movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Half the running time of those movies, she wants to bone Jack Sparrow. No, absolutely not. She doesn't have the gall to do it, but you can see it. The chemistry is there. He wants her. He makes it very clear and she's curious. But she's like, now I'll just take the pretty boy instead. That's a bad pick, man. No. If you had said unrequited or unfulfilled horniness with the other pirate, I was like, okay, I I see that. But I don't know. Will is such a boring character. They bring him back in the film. He does nothing. (laughs) Nothing. I don't even think that kid is his. And he sword fights on a wheel and fights a kraken for her. Is there any right. good points you could say in this couple? Or is it just all just Daniel? I mean... Uh... No. No? <laughs> for me, um, yeah, just having rewatched Dead Man's Chest recently, I, I can definitely see the, the relationship there. I like that she's going after him. Like, I, th- I like that dynamic. So it's switching up the damsel in distress that you sort of more seen the first in the first one where he's after her so I agree with that there's a lot of um tit for tat and return return qualities in in that sort of thing so I I do think this is an enduring enduring great legacy couples so I, I do like that Nazari I will say one thing I I do like the I do like the post scene where she's waiting for him on dry land for the first time in 10 years I think that's at the end of the third one that post in the post credit scene that I don't, I don't that, want to, I don't want to post credit scenes. <laughs> she he just she just stands in the in the in the dry land and she sees him coming and it's supposed to be like ten years later, and I like the same small little scene in the fifth part when he's obviously now half sea creature, and she's still horny enough to wait for him to come back and you know, once every ten years. So I, I like those moments, but for the most part, I just I, I just don't feel it. Like I don't think they got that much chemistry, to be honest. Like the actors, I don't. Just a word for me. Okay, but Nazario, they're hot. <laughs> Big points. <laughs> I, I do I do agree with that. The chemistry can sometimes be a little bit lacking. You're more going off of what you're being told sometimes than what you're seeing. Nazario, what's your number three? I said my three. Are we going? To oh, sorry. Now? Two, yes. Wally, Eva. That's my one. <laughs> um, I've already done my two, so let's hit it with um, concurrently. Okay. So Nazara's two, Spencer's one. Let's talk Wally and Eve. Wally is my favorite Pixar film, and it all comes down to this couple. And I think it is one. I stand by. I think it is one of the best animated movies ever because of how much can be done without dialogue. And seeing how committed he is to her, even while she's powered down, it's just like, oh, that's cute. 
and then you slowly realize like how much he cares about her and the way that he looks at her with just like this the slightest like little change of his eye angle and it's gorgeous and like like i i think oh i forget there's i forget the name of the trope the idea of just like like you know when you first fall in love with someone and i talked about with, with flynn and rapunzel and it happens here with with uh eve when uh she goes to rescue him after the pot is closed and he's flying around with a fire extinguisher and you can just see how elated she is to see him and she's like wait i love him and she zaps him and he just freezes and it's beautiful and and this has a part which i don't think any of my other ones have which is from tragedy of like he gets full like wiped he gets robot lobotomized he becomes just regular trash compactor and she does everything to save him and seeing the desperation and all she has is light sensor eyes and like flippers for arms and it, she emotes so well like wally is like a it's a perfect film for me and it comes down to that it's how emotive they are for each other and how much you know that like they will go to the ends of the earth make sure the other one's okay and uh, it's just i cry every time just we get to the end and just it's it's not even like oh he's gone it's like she lost the one person that she could love and it's perfection and then the little spark between them that starts all over again uh all those people that say that this movie gets bad when they go to the Axiom, they don't know what they're talking about. Hell yeah. Uh, this movie is great from beginning to end because you have to follow the main character story, which is Wally and Eve. Yes, the humans look funky with their... But they're just supposed to be there in the background. Like, they have, like, very little interaction. Like, the captain probably is the one that does, like, the most legwork, I guess, for their that side of the story. But it's, even then, it's not even the. It's about the robots. It's about the the ship. The what's the word for the? The steering wheel. The wheel. Auto. Auto. The wheel. Uh, that is the character. It's the the little douchebag thingy that wants to throw the plan the wrong way in a rocket. Th- those are the characters you're supposed to look at, not the humans. And. Wally, it's such a perfect small creation. When I saw him for the first time, I was like, are they just ripping off Johnny Five? And then I realized what they were actually doing. I was creating an enduring, lovable character that doesn't even say anything other than his name and the other woman's name. And, and it just becomes so ingrained in your brain. He's sweet by the actions that he does, not the words he says. He's, he's adorable because he does adorable things. And it's so sincere because it comes from, he was meant to do one thing, compact trash. And he did that forever. And eventually he started developing into a whole rounded up character. And Eve was also programmed to do one thing is look for vegetation in alien planets focuses so much on that and gets frustrated that he's so curious, that he's so into her, and then just slowly melts away and realizes that maybe there's more to life than doing what you were programmed to do. Machines evolve. It's beautiful. Also, the moment that I think it's the, the one that just like knocked me over to me. You said it was when he was playing with the fire extinguisher space. To me, it was when she was putting him back in the in the shuttle to send him to Earth. 
he thinks that she's going with her and he just jumps in the seat and bumps his feet like this. Oh, and he just like... And then when she realizes she's staying and he goes out and tries to hide himself as a bug, he, she goes like, ah, Wally. And I was like, yeah, these two are meant for each other. It's, sometimes it's my favorite Pixar movie. Sometimes it's Ratatouille. Those flip around all the time, but it's definitely top tier. As, Kelly, as why said, do you hate robots? <laughs> I don't. I'm growing to love this movie. Each time I watch it, I love it more and more. It definitely made my short list. Definitely in and out because, as you said, it's the action she, he shows. So my favorite part is when he first meets her and he takes her and shows her all the things he loves and just wants her to be a part of it. That's the part I find the most human in the robot emotions like this is the thing i love please enjoy it with me and then you get that payoff at the end of the film when they're back in the earth and she's bringing him all the things like hey remember this this is what you love this is the things that have brought us together i find that incredibly adorable and sustaining so i i do like this couple a lot okay we might hit my number one first because it hasn't come up my number one it's a basic choice i don't care it's mickey and minnie Yep. Insert eye rolls here. I don't care. It didn't come to my brain immediately. And I was, because I was scouring through all the Disney animations and the, the movies, you know, that's what I was thinking first. But this is the Disney couple. This is a constant staple of the brand all the way from the 1920s in Playing Crazy and Steamboat Willie when it was really, you had the um, title cards and it was Mickey and it was Minnie together. So they've just always been together. In the from, the 20s to probably the 80s it's more she's the damsel in distress role which I, I don't love so I like when you get the 80s onwards and they flesh her character out a bit more and they really start focusing on Mickey Minnie and the friend group so I love like House of Mouse when you see them running the House of Mouse together that sort of thing and in um, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas when they sell off their prized possessions just to buy each other gifts you, you do see the love there it's it's a enduring part of the brand is the, the love of Mickey and Minnie. When I went to Disneyland, I want to see Mickey and Minnie together, that sort of thing. So nearly every cartoon short will always come back to the love they have for another. So cheesy, yes, cliche, possibly, but to me, classic. Spence, what do you think of Minnie, Mickey and Minnie? What is he in? I know it's a part of our podcast. I have a physical, <laughs> like, hard statue, Mickey. What is he in? Many like shorts, I, TV shows, games, like, DVDs. Like, we, a lot of us have bonded through movie trivia and it's made me realize yes. how little Mickey is in movies. Yes. Especially many. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I think a lot of my stuff is, is, is going back to your thing. Of like They have a very like Popeye Doyle, Popeye thing of just like, it's like Mickey saving Minnie from, from Pete. And that's basically it. It's like, I really loved House of Mouse when I saw it when I was like seven. It's I I just don't understand how, like what that relationship is because I'm like not huge into TV and I don't like shorts so it's just like they're together. You don't because... like shorts? Why would I watch them? It's five minutes. I got in YouTube for that. <laughs> it's that pop culture influence, like Mario Peach, Popeye Olive, like it's that sort of thing where it's yeah. just constantly around. It's, you can't pinpoint it to one thing. And I did find that quite difficult to think, but then I'm just like, there's just yeah. been nothing. Like I've got figurines of Mickey and Minnie together, you know, things like that. Right. That's That love story is just so adorable. I have, I, salt, I have salt pepper shakers that come in a I have those two, actually. <laughs> They're in a ceramic car and it's Mickey and Minnie. Nazara, what are your thoughts on Mickey and Minnie? 
I had uh, the mistake of not thinking about them because I did my filter with the movies. I just checked MCU movies, Star Wars movies, live action movies, animated movies, and they just don't come up as a couple because Mickey Mouse, by the way, is in three Disney animation movies. If they ever ask you that, Spence, both Fantasious and Fun and Fancy Free. That's it. That's all the Mickey you get. And two of the movies are the same thing. So, uh, yeah, it's but when you think about it, they are the the most significant and enduring couple in all Disneydom. If I had to pull something favorite from my experience with them, I really, really, really love the Mickey Mouse shorts that they decided to make a couple of years back. And uh, they evolved into a new show called The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. It's on Disney Plus. Have you seen it? It's the one where they do like the basic simple 2D animation. Is it like it harkens back to that old retro style? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that sort of thing. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to because that aesthetic grabs me. And the shorts are so good. Like, and there's one short called Oh Soul and Mini when they are in Venice and she's trying to sing him a song. She says, like, I'm going to sing you something to show you how much I love you. And then everything goes wrong. Like every single thing that they possibly go wrong goes wrong. She has her eyes closed and she never stops singing. And Mickey just keeps trying to, you know, keep the shit together while they basically go all over around the world, avoiding danger in a little boat while she just keeps singing. And in the end, the, somehow they end up in the same place on a still survived boat. And Mickey's like sweating and he's like, oh, my God, like I had to go through all this ordeal. And she finally ends up her song and she says, like, did you like it? And he says, like, I loved it. Oh, that's adorable. And she I didn't says, look like, at that. And she said, I knew what happened. So I know you what you did for me. I want to sing the song again. It's just beautiful. Oh, that's great. Okay, Nazario, what's your number one? My number one is Belle and Beast mm-hmm. from Beauty and the Beast. I expect Spence to bring me the Stockholm bullshit. It's not what it is. <laughs> this is not what that movie is. Whoa. <laughs> this is the this is the one Disney princess that Rapunzel, Rapunzel notwithstanding, and you know, the more modern princesses one that stands on her two feet by herself in an era where no other princess did. Well, maybe Mulan. She's not technically a princess. But Belle was and is a smart character. She's the daughter of an inventor and she was smart enough to help him fix the science and stuff. And she made the choice because her father was the one that got trapped by the beast. And I'm not saying the beast starts as a great guy, which is part of which is endearing to me. The beast starts as a selfish monster, literally. While he's a human being, he's a selfish monster, which is why he gets cursed. And since he hasn't had any time to develop, grow, or change, this is what still is. His outside matches his inside for the first time. He gets the, the guy out of dumbass reasons and puts him in a dungeon just because he's angry at life. And when she comes in and she offers to stay instead of her father because her father is an old sick man, he says, like, maybe this is my way out. Then slowly... Surely they start developing a relationship, start seeing more of him than the beast that it's obvious because the more she knows him, the more she realizes that maybe there's something there behind all that hair and all that anger. And the moment that I think it breaks the stupid comments about like she just wants to be with the guy is that when they finally 
she says like, I want to show you something magical. He, she shows him the mirror and she sees something meaningful to her happening that her dad is in, in trouble. He just said, go. Like, you were supposed to be in my prison. We're not that. We, we were way past that. I'm at the point that I care enough about you that I need you to be happy. Even though I, this will make me not be able to be a man again. She doesn't even really know this until the end of the movie. He just says, you know, you gotta go, you go. He stays, he suffers for it, but he does it because he loves her. And they earn that relationship. It's the best freaking movie other than Hodgepodge and Notre Dame that Disney has ever put out. Come on, man. What else is it going to be? I have Belle and Beast at my number three. Um, for a long time, I had no traditional princess couples on the list because they are problematic as we sort of glossed over. There's no Snow White or Cinderella making any of our lists because they are as no, You put Snow White. You can't back uh, out of it. Different, different version. <laughs> Alternate universe Snow White. But you know what I mean. The, the woke Snow White. Ones. Yeah. Um, because it is a bit problematic. I know it's the thing to do these days to say Stockholm Syndrome and technically is a beast and that pops up, but it, that gets away from what the movie is really trying to show you about beauty being found within, being kind, being non-judgmental of others, and that people can change. And that's both characters throughout the film. It's not just Beast, it's Belle as well, so that's, that's what I appreciate. As you said, the start of the relationship's not good. It's rocky. She's um, She doesn't want to come out of the room. She's argumentative to him. She pushes back and things like that. It's And it's not that, oh, it's a difficult man. I can change him type thing. That's never the goal or the intention. It happens naturally and it happens through actions and gestures. So it's when she tries to escape and he rescues her from the wolves and you have that tender moment of when he's she's um, healing his, his hand of paw back up. And you, they actually start to communicate with one another. And that's what I like. And then you get that something there montage. So sweet. The gesture of him giving her the library that lives rent-free in my brain. I love that scene. It's amazing. I want to be gifted a library one day. <laughs> but um, And then you get the iconic, iconic ballroom scene. I mean, it's amazing. And after that is, is the mirror scene. And that's one I never understood as a kid because it's such a downer coming after you have that big up sweeping romantic moment and then it's a downer that she's leaving and now as an adult as you said it's like no it's him showing her how much he loves her by letting her go and being with her father because family is very important to her so he's respecting that and is, is changing on the insides and when she comes back at the end Robbie Benson when he just goes Bell, you know, it's that that inflection, like everything you need to you need to hear and say is is in that moment. So um this this couple is amazing. I, I do love it. Spence, thoughts on Bell and Beast. So <laughs> I'm not gonna argue the Stockholm thing. I think that's I think that's sort of overdone. My issue is I've never liked stories where it's like, ooh, violent man is actually softy. I think, like I mentioned uh, Flynn Rider earlier, just like it's the, like there's, there's a difference between like a man who puts up a wall when he lets him down, he's he's like he's emotional versus like actively angry, violent man. People are terrified of him. Oh, he got, he got a little bit of love. Now nah, he's fine. And that's always been my biggest issue. People love this film and I've never got behind it because I never get into the romance. I love all of the characters individually. It's when you put Belle and Beast together that I can't get behind it. And then you get the live action remake, which is honestly terrible. I don't get why people like are in love with it like they are. And it just makes it even worse when you offer like 
when um it's the same issue i have with the um with the live action cinderella where it's like you can leave like there is a full-on like there's a way to get out and she's like no i'm just gonna stay here for no reason she just chooses to and i don't think it makes sense i think it sort of undermines the character first of all live actress cinderella is the best cinderella it's great it's really good i just i i think that element under i I think it takes away a lot of the power of the film secondly i think i think you're missing the intention with beast is not angry violent man is selfish monster man like he acts like a beast because he got turned into one and that makes him be a roaring loud beast and destroys the thing but it's out of it's not out of it's it's out of selfishness and then anger at losing that i he, i don't think he's ever violent toward her because you're making it sound like it's an abusive relationship where she's getting physically abused but it's not the idea the idea is like he was he had all this darkness and he had to evolve into something else i don't think he was ever meant to be a fragile little boy or or a or a soft little man inside he just he had to get there he had to change i don't know but we're reading the movie differently yeah but i feel you're wrong I, I I understand what you're saying. It on it's more of just like I I don't, I don't think that he's physically abusive. It's more it's the story trope of person who is angry is actually okay. They just lashing out, and I don't love that. But if we want to talk about like all Disney, he's a piece of shit in Belle's Magical Christmas. Oh it's man, like, those, those things don't. I exist. hate <laughs> the sequels so much. Those things don't. I found a little bird. You found it. What? <laughs> I will never apologize. Worst thing in, in, on the planet. Hate it. Tim Curry, though. Tim mm. Curry. Organ. <laughs> Great organ. Let's play some music. Oh, well, are there any honorable mentions? Anything that came on the short list that we want to throw out before we wrap up? I've got a long list. Let's you guys fire it off. off. Okay, so the one that was that was almost my five was Linguini and Colette from Ratatouille. I don't think they're a perfect relationship. I I just like the vibe, like when they're together. I think it's a, I I think it's a couple who's like, they're a good couple, but they never lose like the workship, like the workship, the work area professionalness. I like I liked it a lot. And then just firing off some other ones, Anna and Kristoff, uh, Nani and David from Lilo and Stitch, Felix and uh, Calhoun from Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. The live-action Cinderella and Prince Charming, I think they're amazing together. The only non-problematic Star Wars couple, Maz Kanata and Chewbacca, <coughs> they're just one a bone. It's great. Uh, and then gay icons, Luca and Alberto, and Jumba and Pleakley, also from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Nazar, any honorable mentions you want to throw out? I am so confused right now. Uh, like I said, Gary and Mary from the Muppets 2011, I think it's a great couple. They just needed more screen time for me. Flynn, Ryder, and Rapunzel barely made it out out of my list they were my number six uh my second mcu couple was wanda and vision from wandavision which got barely etched out by steve rogers and peggy carter and i don't know if it's a really a couple i put jump on pleakley i gotta mention peter pan and wendy because peter pan and wendy and peter pan is one of my favorite uh characters of all time and my favorite uh, version is not even the Disney version. Uh, that movie 
the Disney version one is it has very clear issues. Uh, if you ever find yourself in the mood to get some Peter Pan on, watch uh, the one from 2003, the live action one. It's probably the best adaptation. It's also Return to Neverland, which sort of slaps. Uh, actually, okay, last, last two. Um, Max and Roxanne from a Goofy movie. Nice. And, Go- and Goofy and Hot Disco Mom from Extremely Goofy Movie. Just, I, I like characters like getting in happy weird relationships. I think Peter Pan and Wendy would count because it's like that childhood sweetheart type type deal. That's, that's fine. Um, ones I've put on my short list that we haven't chatted about, um, Megan Hercules from Hercules. Yeah. Woody and Bo, I think it's very adorable. There's just not enough meat and potatoes there. Like there's just not enough to them, but it, it's sweet. Um, Loose and Amity from the Owl House. If you haven't seen that, if you like Gravity Falls and and those sort of um, Disney cartoons, the 2010s, I like them. But I'm waiting for the second season. Um, I also had Scarlet Witch and Vision specifically from from One Division. That was great. And um, I got Kari and Sora from Kingdom Hearts as well because I like that. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna add one more. Yep. He and Connie from the Mighty Ducks. Because nice. As, because as we can see from the Mighty Duck Game Changer show, they made it. They actually oh. grow up, stuck together, got married, and have a family. Is that worth the watch? Mighty it's Ducks good, Game Changer. Okay. Good okay. But I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of torn now because. Uh, apparently Emilio Estevez is leaving the show he's not coming mm. back for season 2 and as much as the show itself was fun and entertaining and the kids and uh, what's her name from Lorelai Lauren Graham I love her Lauren Graham is actually pretty great too it's not the docks without Emilio it's gotta have Gordon Bombay absolutely but, yeah you know, you know, yeah, they have the, they have this episode when they are doing like a celebration of the history of the dogs, and they invite like uh, former dogs, and not sadly we do not get Pacey back. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. We we miss a couple of important characters, but a, a bunch of people come back, and and you see that Connie and Guy got married and their family. I'm like, yeah, nice. But you know what? We, you know, a couple will be around forever. Chad and Ryan from High School Musical too. They change shirts. <laughs> They definitely boned. Special two was the best one, and I'll stand by it. Well, but. that's that's it from us for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I've had so much fun chatting about this with you. Um, Bone. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, bye. And when you come to the end, <laughs> stop. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Doing Disney. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod.